Welcome to the Emotional Curriculum with me, Dr. Sarah Taylor-Whiteway. As the emotional load on teachers grows, educators are increasingly looking to new ways to support the well-being of teachers. Supervision, traditionally used in the helping professions, is increasingly being sought out in schools. In this episode, we talk to Lisa Lee Weston, who is founder and supervisor at Talking Heads, which provides supervision to head teachers. She discusses the power of supervision, how to build supervision into a school, the benefits to the supervisees, and how it can help to get back in touch with your passion. So Lisa, thank you so much for coming on um, the podcast. That's great, thank you. So I wanted just to start off by asking you what uh, led you down this route. So what got you interested in kind of this area of work? So it was like it was like a really natural progression um, from working as a therapist in schools and and working as a super some school counsellors. Um, and, and several years ago, I was working in different schools just before the funding kind of all went wrong. Um, and I was working with very vulnerable children, young people. Most of them um, sort of looked after children. And several of the teachers would start making jokes about, oh, we need a little bit of Lisa time, <laughs> or that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then the school that I was working in uh, the most, a, a school very local to me, um, where I, I was uh, supervising the school counsellor and working with children, young people, they'd asked me to run a group for teaching assistants, which I did for a few months. Um, using supervision to support them because they were working one-to-one with a lot of the children that I was working with. So I did that and there were varying things that I learned from that um, going forward. Um, and then and then I was asked locally to do um, group supervision for some local head teachers um, and again did that for a few months and then between us, those of us, the heads in the group, decided to bring it to an end um, because working in a group made them feel too vulnerable. Um, in supervision because they couldn't really share um, how much they were struggling and then go to a meeting with each other the next day. So I've taken a lot of learning from that around um, now I support head teachers on a one-to-one basis Mm -hmm. externally and I won't do groups at all. Um, But really how I got into developing talking heads (laughs) was avoiding writing my post-grad dissertation on uh, supervision (laughs) and my uh, friend and colleague Shauna sending me something over from the School for Social Entrepreneurs um, and uh, an idea came to me around because I was so immersed in writing about supervision what if I was providing supervision in education to head teachers because they really needed it and I could really see that Um, so instead of finishing my essay I filled in an application form for the School for Social Entrepreneurs and um, managed to convince them to give me £3,000 and support me for a year in developing Talking Heads. And this time last year, I only had one supervisor in a school where I was piloting, seeing if I could make Skype work Mm. um, with an assistant head. And now I'm working with uh, 28 head teachers around the country. 
does that rise or, or the number of people you're supervising do you think that comes from an increase in the emotional load teachers are having do you think it has increased or do you think it's that we're actually that it's always been there but we might be just a bit more aware of it now I think it's both of those things I think the rise in my own um, work has been articulating something about supervision that really speaks to people because one of the things that I'm really passionate about um, supervision or the, the key thing is the exact contract about supervision people people are distressed at work because they don't feel able to be doing what they want to do that's when we become upset about our work and teachers care about their work enormously um, and head teachers carry an enormous load in a very isolated manner um, and having nowhere to kind of let that out is is not okay and, and you know and I know that as therapists you know supervision is part of our culture we go to supervision mm. every month or several times a month no matter what's going on it's got nothing to do with whether we are um, competent or incompetent we just go because we know about the emotional load of our work and what I'd really like to see happen is for supervision to become part of that education culture as well and especially at that senior leader level because then you get you're going to get a trickle down and I think that's where we need to start providing really good external supervision up there and challenging that culture mm. because then the rest will come much more easily. So for someone that hasn't ever experienced supervision um, or hasn't read about it, how would you describe it? What's its kind of purpose and, and what happens in supervision? Uh, what its purpose is, is clear for me. Um, its purpose is for you to bring all of who you are at work um, and how you are at work. But the agreed contract between us is that the purpose for you bringing that is for us to make sure that you are able to do the very best you can at work for the children that you work with and for. And that fundamentally shifts every conversation you have. And for me, that's what stops it being coaching or mentoring or counselling, even though it comes into each of those might come into play and feel familiar. It is that contract that keeps it different and hold, and holds that kind of accountability. Yeah. And actually... But it's a very different kind of accountability. It's an accountability that, you know, m most head teachers, as I said, teachers are passionate about because that's why they go to work. It's the same reason, again, that we go to supervision it's because we care about our work. We want to be making sure that we're doing our best for the people that we work with. Yeah. Um, so that is a that's actually a relief and it, and it gives a different kind of permission to a lot of the head teachers that come. So actually, if you said to them that they were going it was a counselling session or it was a coaching session in a lot of ways I'd be more afraid I see a lot of relief when I mention to people actually the core reason for us meeting is is still ultimately about the children and I will hold always hold them to that so even if they're talking to me about something that's overwhelming at home or they're going through a bereavement or you know those normal things that happen to all of us we're always gently or whatever in relationship coming back to how are you at work does that mean you can do it at the moment you know and helping them go through that process of can they be at work and are they being able to do what they need to do but it's never ever a kind that kind of accountability that they encounter every day at work in terms of Ofsted and being held to account by everybody else it's about their own internal 
accountability to their work, um, yeah. which I think is really exciting. So you're obviously external to the head teacher, but if they wanted to bring it in within their school, you know, would everyone yeah. have to be seeking it outside of school or do you think it can work within the systems of the school? <clears throat> um, so that's something that I'm looking at addressing in the um, co-founding of the National Hub for Supervision in Education with Leeds Beckett. Yeah. Um, we're looking at uh, providing supervision across an entire school. Um and one of the things we're going to be doing is setting up a training for someone that might be interested in the school in delivering supervision. Through Leeds Beckett, there's going to be a two-day training that's a kind of baseline training in supervision. Okay. But the expectation then is, certainly from us, I'm talking Leeds Beckett now, not talking heads, um, is that if that happens and that person takes supervision forward and looks at how to set it up in their school that they then have to be an external supervision yeah. with one of our registered supervisors and that's like our quality assurance yeah so i think you need those points of external supervision that keep it safe mm. but that yes it can be then set up internally but you know that needs to be clearly thought through in terms of boundaries and there needs to be a distance between line management and the kind of clinical supervision we're talking about yeah and you spoke before again about external supervision to heads um, yeah. and you mentioned kind of that a lot of supervision is relational. How much do you think that that's all part of the fact that actually being a head teacher is quite isolating because you're at the top, uh, it's more challenging to have those personal relationships with the people that you line manage or things like that? Yeah, you know the answer to that, it's huge, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and I think about the few, the new supervisees that are taken on at the moment, and, and because I've gone through a recent experience of taking on a lot of new supervisees that's at the same time, I'm kind of really witnessing that at about session four or five, there's this huge shift where they go from being still a little bit scared and, you know, not quite sure and they don't know me and they're not quite sure what the purpose is and we're learning. And then about session four or five, they're practically skipping down the pathway to my front door, kind of going, oh, my God, I was so relieved I had supervision today. I yeah. knew that it was coming and I found myself looking forward to it. And I was thinking, oh, this is fantastic. I've got somewhere I can take all of this next week. What a relief. Yeah. And start to really, really hear a kind of more relaxed, like, oh, my God, I did not know I needed this. But I truly have nowhere else I can bring this I can't talk to my partner about it I can't talk to my deputy head about it I can't talk to my chair of governors about it this is truly the only place that I can bring this and that's that is as it should be in yeah. a good supervision relationship and at that point that's when I start to really hear about what the benefits are the, yeah. the knowing that they've got it in their diary they're knowing that we've booked it up for six months they're knowing that it's ongoing is enormously holding yes yeah so even if something happens and you're not talking to them that day, they know they have a space yes. at some point to share it or talk about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So what, what research is there out there into supervision in schools? Um, there's a, a very good book by uh, Penny Sturt and Joe Rowe that's on supervision in schools from uh, more of a social work perspective, but looking at clinical supervision throughout schools. Uh, there's some research going on in Canterbury and... I'm sorry, Rachel, I can't remember where you are. So I'm I'm learning about this research going on. But it interests me that some of the people doing research 
um, are doing it quite academically but haven't done an enormous amount of work or aren't actually supervisors themselves. Yeah. And so actually I'd like to be doing more research. I'd like to, I don't know how to do that or when I'd have the time, but I'd actually really love to have the opportunity to actually write up some of, yeah, some of what we're doing. What you found, yeah. Or do you find that a certain model of supervision helps you to think about or to structure it or to manage those conversations? Um, I'm an integrative supervisor. Um so you know yeah that depends who I've got in front of me um I am also a drama therapist so where appropriate um creativity as a language is for me always available in supervision whether that be quite simply just asking someone a more metaphorical creative question but with some people I will work in Santre or we work non-verbally or creative but of course, that's not for everyone. But overall, I guess the models that I work with, I show it in Hawkins and um, and also the cyclical model, I guess, I like very much. Yeah. So the, the Hawkins and Show It model has the educative um, aspect, which is kind of learning new skills through reflecting on yourself. The supportive mm-hmm. aspect, which, which is kind of thinking about the emotional response to your work. And then the managerial aspect which is kind of thinking about the your accountability and your ethical remit of work and it's also got that systemic aspect to it in the kind of seventh eye and for me that's really important being able to kind of do that zoom in on the very intricate parts intimate parts of the work but being able to also come back out and look at okay is this something to do with the system because head teachers and you know the system is enormous Mm. and schools are microcosms of their local communities as well so I just think yeah all of the being able to do that that zoom in and out thing is really important yeah no you're right that's that is such an important aspect of it isn't it because it's not you know how you individually are dealing with with a with an issue or with a problem that's presented itself can only ever be thought of really within the system that you work yeah and that's yeah. actually what maybe is, is hard to do without supervision I think from my own supervision Absolutely. experience it's the, having that reflection of yeah. how you are working within the system yeah and also and, and I've I don't know if I should go here really but the, our current political climate has really been coming into supervision as well there's a lot of um there's been a lot of distress that people have always been again too embarrassed or shy to admit anywhere else but feeling you know the children's unsettledness the staff's unsettledness and that has been another thing that head teachers have been carrying that have been coming to this space no matter what their kind of political beliefs yeah there has been there has been a lot of distress yeah and I guess actually that's really important to mention just because maybe there's there's some of those things that you can't change uh, or you can't yeah. change at this immediate minute and yeah. um I guess that's also something that supervision supports with isn't it it's kind of knowing yes. there are some things that actually are a bit out of your control Absolutely. and how do you manage that yeah and so and for some people they knew that that's what they were carrying and some people in um, sessions the last few months they haven't un, haven't kind of been able to realize until we've been sitting together that that's what they were carrying on top of everything else and then and then like you say kind of going I I cannot change this what what's the only thing I can do well it's all right it's about stability how can I what what brings in stability for everybody and through stabilizing them and realizing what they need they then very quickly can kind of go okay this is how I need to be back in school yeah 
Um, and you mentioned before kind of uh, people working with children with trauma and I guess, you know, if going down this more significant needs route, yeah. thinking about how supervision can be used in special schools. Do you have any experience of that? Um, well, I've been lucky enough um, to be doing a pilot for the National Association of Specialist Schools, um, which began in September. Um, the school are paying uh, three quarters of the fee and NAPS are subsidising the last bit. And the thinking behind that was that we hope that the schools will carry on because supervision isn't supposed to be there just in a crisis. We want schools to um, have got used to paying for it, seen the value, feel mm. quite excited and proud of the work that I've begun with NAS um, because it's yeah. really valuing. I think if you're going to set that up and head teachers of those schools where those children have such enormous needs, again, it returns to what I believe about talking heads. But, you know, if you value those head teachers and give them that time once a month to really go and think about their schools and their beliefs and who they want to be as leaders and what the issues are and of course every supervision is completely unique to that person in front of me in, and it's so any work that we do any any relation revelations we encounter or understandings we make go directly back into their schools and their that head teachers understandings of where they're at in that moment at that time and it grows with each supervision so you've got that kind of educative Con, uh, aspect yeah. that we were talking about before that's kind of bringing in yeah. their skills but they can only get there be- through having the time and like you say the headspace to reflect on what's happened in front of them and what they're Absolutely. experiencing yeah and you've I mean you've mentioned lots of um, outcomes that have come out of the supervision you've been giving could you summarize a little bit because the kind of changes teachers or head teachers they all they are able to make I think one of the key things and feedback that I've had recently we did touch on earlier was the um the profound sense of uh feeling supported and what that does to a human being Mm. (laughs) and how that makes them feel at work it is it is subtly changing on every level and because that only happens once a few sessions have gone by and it means the relationship is good and growing you know, I guess what I see is an enormous increase in confidence. I see a bit more risk taking. I see some of the. Uh, sometimes there's a real need at the beginning to tell real horror stories of what they've been through apps and holding for years. And sometimes for some people, it takes a couple of sessions of just needing that to be heard and then I kind of do see it around session four or five then we suddenly are starting to do something else and they're like oh actually I've done that bit I've been able to release that bit like a shook up coke bottle and you're taking the lid off really slowly and let the pressure out you know yeah and then you start to see a, a confidence and then you start to hear them kind of going well actually I went into a, um, a team meeting and I did it like this instead of how I have been doing it or I've realized that I don't want a behavioral policy anymore I want something more relational or I've realised that having supervision in place meant that I could function this week at work because I knew it was coming. And actually, I don't. I would previously have gone off sick, but I haven't because I know that this is, pla- this, this is in place and I know that I've finally got somewhere where I can explore things or I can take where I'm 
vulnerable mm. um and just that permission to be is it's enormous and coming into coming in touch with that an, an accountability that is a, a breath of fresh air is the reason anybody ever went on the trajectory of being ahead is mm. because they wanted to make a difference to young people because yeah. they wanted to educate young minds which is ultimately you know that that is huge education is is life-changing life-enhancing yeah. it's who we are and they didn't go into it for all the other things that stress them out <laughs> and so supervision puts them back in touch with that as well and I think that that from I think all the supervisees that I have in the same way as it does for me in my own supervision it, it's it's a bit of a gift to be put back in touch with your own passion and yeah. to have somewhere to articulate that and to have it heard and really deeply validated and then really quickly to start having ideas and passionate thoughts flowing again for some mm. people that's vanished they haven't done it in such a long time it's really so nice seeing you so passionate about it as well so, so I've, I've just made the hairs on my arms stand up i just like i i do feel so honored to be seeing and working with the the heads that i work with and i think also how brave they are about how amazing that they are to take this risk to come to supervision and yeah. be vulnerable the vulnerability there that you're talking about is so important isn't it you have to be in a space where you're ready for that so you like you say it is, yes. it is a really brave step to take to do that yeah. but kind of you know we have to be able to put ourselves into that space of unknowing or or feeling slightly vulnerable to actually move yes. on from it otherwise we're kind of stuck like you say with not being able to think creatively with all these things in our head that we're holding yeah um, so it's a really it's actually such a powerful process when you when you present yeah. it like you just did um, so rather abstract question now, you yeah. know, if a teachers um, aren't uh, accessing anything like this in their school, what could they take from our conversation? You know, is there anything they could take to put into their classes or is there anything they could suggest you know, within their teams or something that you think would be a good step for them to take? Um, well, that's a really good question. <laughs> and, and, and that is a really exciting question, isn't it? Cause it's like, okay, what would... If you're listening to this, what could you do? Um, I think a, re a really good starting point, therefore, if you don't, if you have no money and, and yet, yeah, like you say, nothing external would be to find a small group of you, four to six of you with a set time once a month. Maybe try to make that external. I mean, or somewhere in the school that can't be interrupted, but somewhere Um agree meeting for an hour and a half um and agree um some sort of contract together that you're going to meet and talk about whatever is going on for you at work in terms of children or how you're feeling about i don't know new systems that have been put in place and that maybe someone um take turns in setting an agenda at the beginning for an hour and a half and who would like to bring something to talk about and then start talking <laughs> with mm. each other. Mm. Um, that would be a kind of peer supervision model with no training. And if you yeah. could take it away from this, that would be something. But the most important thing being the dedicated same time, same place. Yeah, with an agreement about why you're meeting. If you do those three things as a result of this, I think that might be quite good. So it's about, you know, even without 
knowing a model or knowing how to question or anything like that you're just creating a safe space which goes back yeah. to exactly what we said before about like yeah. once you've kind of accept those vulnerabilities or challenge those a little bit in a safe space yeah. you're kind of yeah. getting some of the of what what we the positives we can get from supervision basically yeah the same time same place thing it's extraordinary how that works i have a really strong sense of you know who I see each week and on what day and at what time because those people that I've been working with for five or six years I know that I see them uh, this will make her smile if she ever listens to this I know that I see them at one o'clock on a Tuesday the first Tuesday of the month and we've booked our sessions for the next year in December you know we know what we're doing yeah 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 you get into a flow and you feel it in your body you kind of you get near and kind of go, yeah, I know it's coming. I know it's coming. Yeah, and that's when you know you're getting what you need from it, isn't it? Like you say, yeah, like yeah. you feel you're in the cycle and you're looking forward to it and you know you can manage because you've got that coming up. Yeah. Brilliant. And is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you think would be useful or anything you want to mention? It's really important, as always, to find someone that's qualified to do what we do. And... Um, really important so a good starting point is to find if you're looking for external supervision it would be to find a supervisor who is registered with the healthcare professions council hcpc and who has a good amount of supervision experience or someone who's registered with the british psychological society or ukcp or bacp but who's an accredited supervisor and and i would say who has been working for a couple of years as a supervisor um, and then I would say, you know, if you don't like your supervisor, <laughs> find someone else. Yeah. Because when none of us can be for everyone um, at all. It's just not possible. We just can't. So if you start off with someone and actually for whatever reason it doesn't feel quite right, that doesn't mean supervision isn't right for you. It just means you need to find another supervisor mm. and agree together to move on. Let yeah. it go. Supervision, when it's done badly, can feel hideous. You know, supervision uh, provided by someone who's not the right person, who maybe hasn't had the right training, can really quickly tip into feeling beaten up and criticised. Mm. And it absolutely shouldn't be that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lisa, thank you so much for coming and sharing all that with me. It's been so uh, so inspiring listening to how passionate you are. I'm just, I'm ridiculously excited and a little bit scared about all the 2020 holes um at, well and what i really know is how important it is for me to have good supervision because i've got some really i've got a really exciting year ahead of me and i've got 26 odd supervisees to make sure i take care of thank you for listening you'll find more information about some of the things lisa discussed in the podcast description if you enjoyed this episode then please do leave a review and subscribe you can also follow us on Twitter at EM Curriculum or you can email us at theemotionalcurriculum at gmail.com.